Hey everybody, Matt here checking in. I haven't heard from any of us in a while, so I wanted to hop back on here and see how everyone's doing. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving since, you know, that's when I'm recording this intro and the episode drops the day after. So hopefully you are enjoying some inspired incompetence goodness while you're out doing your early holiday shopping or, you know, whenever. We're not terribly picky about it. As long as you give us a listen, we appreciate it. We thank you. Now, I'm not sure how much you guys can tell, but we are approaching the end of book two of our Tyrant's Grasp playthrough. If you guys remember back to book one, we are once again going to do a retrospective, introspective look back at book two and probably a, a little bit back into book one even once we finish the second chapter of this adventure. So that brings us to what I'm asking of you guys. We need questions from you. If there's anything you've been dying to ask us, anything you want us to talk about or address when we do our retrospective episode, Go ahead and let us know. Uh, tweet it at us. Put it on our Facebook page. Send us an email. Message us through Discord or Patreon or send us an email. All the ways you can connect with us are right on the front page of our website. So go ahead, take a look, send us any questions you might have, and we will be sure to bring them up and answer them on the show at the end of book two, which, again, is coming up faster than you might think. So we hope that you're enjoying the adventure thus far. Think about those questions. Let it ruminate in your mind. And with that, let's get on in to episode 45. Polong and thanks for all the crits. The Inspired Incompetence Podcast is brought to you by Bees Blaster. Do you need even more bees, like a lot of them, at the push of a button? Get the Bees Blaster and squeeze the bees into the breeze. How's everybody doing today? That that intro was the bee's knees. Oh, oh, perfect. I'm well, thank you. So maybe I'm overstepping. Maybe I'm going to start making people uncomfortable. But this is the third episode in a row that we've started that we have not been in the middle of or at the precipice of a combat. Uh, Don't yeah. push our luck, Alex. <laughs> yeah, like I said, like, like I said last week. Now we have a nice false sense of security, so yeah. someone's going to die this week. Yeah, I'm not putting my head behind any uh, walls or anything. How did I die the last three times? I'm not. I'm, at, I'm not making any swim checks. I'm not rushing in. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm learning from my mistakes, maybe. So uh, I just want to do a quick shout out before we start. I am currently. Uh, munching on some delicious cookies sent to me by our very own lady of toast oh, from our man. discord server uh this is a chocolate chip cookie with i think a hint of orange zest dang it's very tasty also i have here uh, a little dice case it seems to have been given a custom paint job uh because it is purple on top black on the bottom uh which is you know our logos colors yeah and yep. uh it's got a it's got a really strong really solid uh magnetic closing uh function like here i'm just going to snap it closed like listen to the power on this like yeah <laughs> now this this dice case was sent to me with very explicit instructions 
there is a there's a certain uh PC killing uh dice set that uh has been locked away but the the, the vault is not secure enough. What? Uh which is probably why these magnets are so powerful. So uh <laughs> The LR power dice, which I should never have meddled in, uh, are to be put in this dice case. Uh, and this was sent compliments of Lord Richter himself. It's very nice. It's it's uh, it's a shame that it's just a prison that I can't actually like open up and, and like use the dice that I put in here. Uh, or who knows? Maybe I will one day at the appropriate time. But that time is not now. Uh, so. Lord Richter, your power dice are going away in this vault. That's never awesome. To, never to see the light of day until I feel like it. I That's amazing. Really quickly, and, we need to address yeah. what the appropriate time for that is. <laughs> it's and like that, Jumanji, the, dude. Yeah, the only appropriate time is War for the Crown. I, all at or, a you're Only allowed the... to use them when you're not a DM. Things are brutal right now, but fucking anything can happen in a book or two. And I remember fucking hating you guys by the end of Skull and Shackles and wishing I had some PC killing dice on me. So who knows? Maybe, maybe that'll happen again. I don't know. But regardless, Lord Richter, thank you so much for sending the dice in the first place and then uh, taking responsibility for your actions (laughs) and uh, sending me this dice case. Richter, uh, I, I echo these sentiments 100%. Uh, even though I was the only one to be completely murdered by them, I, I feel safer for everyone else now that they're locked away. So thank you. So let's dive into this. Uh, you guys were just about to open a door. The door swings open, and this rectangular room is devoid of any furnishings or decorations. But the stone floor, walls, and ceiling have been recently scrubbed clean except for a small smear of dirt on the floor in front of the southern door. Other doors exit to the north and east. The east is the one that you came from. So, what do you do? I go into K7. Okay. I it follow is as I described. And I detect magic. Uh, Uhtred, you detect no magic. The room appears suspiciously scrubbed clean, except for this little patch of dirt the southern end right before the southern door uh but yeah other than that there's really nothing to look at scrubbed clean yeah. so there's like just a pile of dirt and the rest of it is looks like it's been cleaned yeah it, it looks like it was scrubbed clean and then some something happened that left some dirt smears and stains on the southern end of the room that's so weird well which way utrid you said you wanted to go up uh, does this room look particularly clean to anybody? I'm gonna go over to that dirt pile. I'm gonna go talk to myself, uh, Thalias, about the dirt pile. See if we, uh, perceive anything. Okay. Uh, give me perception checks. First one's a gentleman's eight. Second okay. one is a lady's four. <laughs> God damn it. I can't be trusted with anything. It looks like there's some dirt on the floor. Maybe, um, it, it might be from or leading into the room to the south like where the door is uh, right in front of you i see so but yeah like you, you you see no evidence really that you can follow to really give you any answers gotcha so you guys are moving north again seems so i think i've thoroughly investigated the dirt pile 
Okay, Uchard opens the northern door, and two large cabinets stand against the western and eastern walls in opposite corners of this room. Doors exit to the north and south. Detect magic. <laughs> okay, so Uchard, you detect a magical aura coming from a rusty iron bucket next to one of the shelves in the room. Okay, I'm going to do a spellcraft. So you go over to the bucket and you see a, what looks like a black rag stuffed into the bucket. So I had a 30 spellcraft. Okay. You identify this, what looked like a black rag and you, uh, you turn it, you turn it around a bit and it's actually a cloak. You identify it, uh, this, uh, black and red silk garment, delicately embroidered with a barely perceptible web-like pattern as a cloak of arachnida. Uh, It gives the wearer the ability to climb as if a spider climb spell had been placed upon them. In addition, the cloak grants the wearer immunity to entrapment by web spells or webs of any sort. You can move in webs at half your normal speed. Once per day, the wearer of this cloak can cast the spell web. Uh, You also gain a plus two luck bonus on all fortitude saves against poison from spiders. That's kind of so, a cool cloak. I don't know if it's better than a cloak of resistance, though. Yeah, I think everybody here has a plus two cloak of resistance. So that's yeah, a, that's a that's a tough call. If I wasn't already flying, I'd be tempted to grab it. Not really, not really much need to cling to walls when you can just fly. Now about this clinging to walls thing, I don't know what the web spell is. Is it sweet? Because I I would web on stuff. It's a low level spell. It's like a entangle, similar like where you. You know, you conjure webs that if people oh. are in it, it's hard to move. Yeah, that's pretty cool, dude. I would, I got a, I got a great use for that actually. Is it right. kind of like, um, can I web someone and then flank with the lias so they can't get away? Because last fight, I had a yeah, really yeah, bad yeah. time with people getting away. It's like an AOE, so like you create the web and it like remains. So you're also creating an area that like terrain. will entangle more people if they enter it. So like my friends or just yeah. enemies? Yeah. Like it's it's not a great like precise uh, it's not like a great precision uh, entanglement, but if you've got like a whole like group of people that you wanna like keep in one spot, it's awesome. Uh, yeah. Sounds like I'm gonna <laughs> use it the wrong way and kill my team. Well, I mean you just have to be <laughs> smart about your positioning, like in that fight we had in the big room. I think for a bunch of it. It was like you and Thalias flanking one guy away from everyone. Right. In an instance like that, you could have thrown it down and been like, all right, motherfucker, you're all nimbly bimbly, but you ain't getting away out of my web. But am I also affected by it, is what I'm hearing? No. Um, only if you enter the area after you use it. Well, the gotcha. cloak would give him benefits in the web, right? Uh, Yes. Um, You'd be able to move through the web at half your normal speed. All right. I mean, if no one wants it, I'll definitely take it. But I'm also not like crazy for it. And uh, I'm the new guy in the band, so I'm not going to (laughs) be. Hey, give me that item. Yeah, but we've always kind of said like when it comes to items. Right, right, right. It's Joe more than. Yeah. Keep in mind that. So like the web spell, like this is a spell that you're casting from a magic item. So the saving the save DC is going to be kind of low. Um, right. So it's a okay, second level yeah. spell. So I think it's a DC 13 reflex save to avoid being uh, grappled. Right. Yeah, but um, it does. It wouldn't make it even if they succeed. Like they can't five foot step. They have to move at half speed, right? 
Yes, it is considered difficult terrain. So right. yeah, saving oh, throw or cool. not, you're still you are still creating a pretty big area of difficult terrain. That's cool. Especially if guys are trying to five foot step out of your yeah. team combo. Right? So is uh Randolph swapping out his cloak of resistance for the cloak of Arachnida, or is he keeping his cloak of resistance? I mean, this sounds like a trap, and I'm going to have to roll for, you know, having resistance on something in like two seconds, but I would love to swap that out and be the Spider-Man. I'm all, I'm all for swapping it. If we're going to face right. spider webs, my guess is we're going to face it in the place where that you can get that cloak. <laughs> true. Very true. Just going on my previous history with game designs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I, sw- I swap her out. Okay. That black and red looks good on you, Randolph. Oh, thank you. Yeah, this is this is pretty cool. Guess what do you guys do? Head north. What's behind door number three? All right, you open the door, and it's a a ten foot wide hallway that goes for about thirty feet, and then starts to uh, turn off to the right. I detect magic the whole way through. All right, so you round the corner in this hallway, and uh, you found the stairs in this room with a large marble fountain standing in the center of the triangular chamber. The statue in the center of the fountain depicts a beautiful woman clad in white armor. Her long hair is carved to look like flames, and she holds a scimitar aloft in her right hand. Her left hand extends outward in a gesture of blessing, from which water trickles down into the basin below. The fountain's water is discolored and smells faintly of rot and mud. A small wooden door exits to the north, and a double door exits to the south. Two stone staircases lead up near hallways, leading to the east and west. I feel like we've seen this before. We need to clean that fountain. What do you mean, clean it? Oh, that's right. You weren't here yet. We had to uh, clean out the the fountain in the town square as a part of getting past the spirit that was locking the the cemetery. It was a whole thing. Better get to cleaning it then. How'd you do it? Uh, lots of elbow grease. I look at the Elias. Well, let's get to it. What do you guys do? Did I start cleaning that fountain? Uh, I'm not <laughs> going to approach the fountain. I'm going to get into the room and start detecting magic. Okay. Uh, Viper goes in. Uh, well, Viper's been invisible, so she's going to actually approach the fountain. Rugger's floating near the ceiling, kind of keeping lookout and <laughs> seeing what's going on. Don't get near that fountain, man. It's going to explode. And Tom, when you're inevitably like, but I'm invisible. Magic. <laughs> That's Magic exactly. doesn't care that you're invisible. Yeah, it's like explosions don't care whether it can see you or not. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing if that's how explosions worked. <laughs> the source of the explosion needs line of sight. <laughs> okay, so you guys uh, approach this fountain. And you get within like 30 feet of it and you start to feel this uh, this seething aura of malice. Like an Again? angry fountain? <laughs> it's like what we felt in the tomb? Uh, no, like you're not fe- you're, you're not feeling this as if they're your own emotions. Instead, it's like you can feel this emanating it would appear it's emanating from the fountain and as you continue approaching a creature appears as if it was like hiding inside the statue 
a crimson spectral creature dripping with blood, its skeletal face contorted with malice. And it looks at you, and it whispers, Destroy the intruders. Everyone roll initiative. I assure you, we are here to destroy Valthasar. The only intruders here are him and his followers. Uhtred. 18. Rogyar. 14. Vipira. A 9. And Randolph. 16. Okay, up first is Yando, but I would like everybody to uh, roll uh, Knowledge Religion first. All right, that's a 17 for Rogyar. Oh, 21 for old Randolph. Uhtred got a 15. The only one to roll high enough to identify this creature is Randolph, and he yeah. I, and he recognizes it as a Polong. Polongs are the spirits of murderers who have been magically bound to a bottle. Whoever possesses a Polong's bottle can command the creature to carry out murderous acts. You can ask me one question about a Polong. It sounds like it has awesome abilities, so I'm going to skip the HP and go right for its most powerful ability. You got it. Uh, you know that about its terrible wounds ability. A Polong's touch deals slashing damage and opens up terrible gashes. Each round, a creature takes bleed damage from a Polong's touch attack. It must succeed at a fortitude save or take two points of constitution damage. Oh, oh wow. shit. Holy fuck. Okay, so first up is Yando. Uh, Yando's going to take a move action and share his uh, favorite enemy bonus with you guys. You all gain a plus two bonus on attack rolls and damage rolls. And then he's going to Vital Strike. Oh, starting strong with a 28 to hit. So it is a monster shot with his Vital Strike, but this thing appears to, uh, to not be fully solid. And so Yando's awesome bow shot seems like it lost about half of its oomph. Up next, though, is Uhtred. Uh, does it look like it has reach? No. Uhtred is going to cast magic mirrors. Mirror image? Yeah, that thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, so he's going to cast mirror image, which is 1d4 and I think plus 2 for my current level. That is correct. So I have four mirrors, and Uhtred will use his move action to move up right next to like the east side of this fountain so that next turn I'm within range. Okay, so as you approach, uh, you feel this new wave of uh, malicious intent and this thing as an immediate action rolls intimidate to demoralize you. Uh, and that's a 28. Uh, so does a 28 beat 17 plus your wisdom mod? Yeah, probably. My wisdom mod's not a 11. Yeah. Uh, well, just let me know what it is, because I need to know how, by how much he uh, he beat it. It was my wisdom mod plus 17. Yeah. 22. All right. So it beat, you, it beat it by more than 5, but less than 10. So you are shaken for two rounds. Okay. And it is now Randolph's turn. All right. I'm going to talk to Thalias, and I'm going to say, all right. It's super dangerous over there, so here's the plan. You go in and fight it, I'll stay back here. <laughs> Thalias gives you a thumbs up, I guess. All right, so 
I'll take a five foot step forward just so he knows I'm with him, but then I will take no further steps forward <laughs> while he, <laughs> he goes in and. Uh, who's this guy with the sword? Oh, that's Yando. No, what? it's Uhtred. Seriously? Oh, sorry, Uhtred. <laughs> Where have you been I the thought, last year? It's I the same Uhtred, token, uh, and I'm the only sword user. I know. For some reason, I thought Uhtred looked like something else. <laughs> cut, cut that part out. <laughs> Who's I see the pirate. Who's still the pirate? Yeah, all right. Uh, well, now, now I'm Matt can't cut it out. That was too good of a joke. <laughs> no. Um, so, Thelias goes in, and I understand that I lose his aura. Yep. Well, that's for AC and save, so Ooh. I'm hoping I won't need it back here. But I gain and, uh, it, right? Because I'm within you. 10 feet. It's a 10 foot aura, and you're 15 feet away from him. Oh, he's fucking diagonals. Just kidding. Here it is. And he's going to give him a slam job. All right. Let's go. So that's a 16. 16 will beat the Polong's flat-footed AC. Hell yeah, brother. 12 damage, baby. 12 damage. Nice. Okay, up next is the Polong. And Polong didn't like that. It's going to turn to Thelias and attack him. Yeah, bring it on. His AC is ridiculous. Is it? It's all right. It's not crazy. It's 25. <laughs> Better than mine. Mine's friggin' 18. I hope his touch AC is that good, because that's a 23 versus Thelias' touch AC. Why touch AC? That's the way it is, baby. Oh. Hmm. No, his touch is 13. Okay. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and roll this on roll 20, because I don't feel like rolling that many dice. Oh, my God. God. What? Oh, Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Alex. (laughs) Did you lock those dice away? Yeah. Were you holding those dice? Have they no, been put be in their cage? Me. You uh, didn't put them in their cage? They're in the cage, I swear. Don't you don't bring a prisoner me. to his cell and then not put him in his cell. All right. He's in the cell, I swear. Um, so, Thelias takes 39 points of damage as the Polong's razor-tipped fingers uh, slice him up like fucking razor wire. And, uh, okay. Yeah, on Thelias' turn, he's going to take some bleed damage. And Not uh, if I put him back in my brain. That is correct, and you can do that, I think, as an immediate action. Yeah, so as soon as he... Actually, right before he takes all that damage. <laughs> I'm just no. kidding. Right after, right, right after he gets Swiss cheese, I'm going to realize that um, maybe the plan I just hatched wasn't so good to send him in alone, and I'm going to... whoop. Back in the old brain. <laughs> All right. So Thelias is in your consciousness now? He is in my consciousness now, and I get some cool thing because of that now. You can do the bonded manifestation now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm actually super happy the way that went because I didn't risk killing any of you, but I still scared the shit out of you with that. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's still combat time, though. Uh, Rogiar, you're up. <laughs> Okay, uh, well, seeing this thing just evaporate Thelias. <laughs> it's pretty much what it looks like <laughs> to everybody else. <laughs> uh, Rogiar is going to uh, stay back at a safe distance, uh, even going five foot backwards. Uh-huh. And he is going to gather power to empower a frost blast at this thing. All right. It's a 23 versus its touch AC. 23 will hit. Oh, that was a good roll. Uh, that's going to be... 42 cold damage. Okay. 42 down to 21. You felt that. Vipira, you're up. 
Uh, Viper is gonna <laughs> take a double move, <laughs> which okay. sucks, into a flanking uh, position with Utrid. Okay. And uh, up next is gonna be Yando. Yando's gonna five foot step, so he's got a nice clear shot. And he's gonna full attack on that Polong. Holy shit, natural two still hits. Thanks, favorite enemy. <laughs> <laughs> and his second attack is also gonna hit. Oh, actually, I was using deadly aim. So first attack did not hit. Ugh. All right, so another tick of damage. Up next is Utrid. Now that I'm like up against the fountain, I'd like to make a perception check to try and find... You said there's like a... Um, like a jar or jug or something that he's connected to and whoever has it can control him. Yep. So yeah, I want to see, is it like in the fountain or nearby? Give me a perception check. I'm going to go ahead and use my final hero point to give myself a plus eight. So it's a 25 to try and see if this thing's around anywhere. All you can see is murky, muddy water. You don't see a bottle. Would the bottle, do, you, do I think the bottle would present as just an ordinary bottle, or it would have an aura to it? It would not have a magical aura. Okay. I was kind of hoping maybe it would just be in the fountain, and you know, yeah. as long as you were smart enough to look in and grab it, then it's an easy thing to deal with. Yeah. Right. It, nope. it might just... be in the fountain, but the fountain is very murky and hard to see through. 25 does not spot it. All right, I want to. I will get in to the fountain. Okay. I'm gonna get uh, in and start searching the fountain. That's gonna provoke. There's no time for a swim, Nick. I'm, I'm committed that... to this idea, so take it. Okay, that's a uh, 30 versus your touch AC. Okay, yep. Okay, roll for mirrors. Yep, roll for mirrors. There's four of mirrors. Okay, so I'm gonna roll a d6. Ignore the six, and a one is Utrid. Five. Yeah, that's why I was willing to do this, because I knew I had extra defenses. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm going to say as a full round action, you search the square that you're in. So I'm going to give you a 25% chance that you find it in that square. You do not find it. Okay. Now let's talk what kind of concealment I get for being in this water. I'm trying to think if being in water would give you concealment versus an incorporeal creature with a touch attack. I think it would, but only if the water was like a certain depth. Like if he's just up to his up to his knees, probably not. I mean, if he's in there searching, I assume he's like on his hands and knees if it's oh. like a normal like mall fountain depth. Right. That's kind of what I envisioned. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I guess you'd get like a plus 4 cover bonus for being in the water. Okay, uh, moving on to Randolph. All right, Randolph doesn't really have a plan now that he's, well, out of spells and doesn't have Thalias, so he's going to hold his turn. <laughs> it sort of takes him by surprise that Thalias gets clobbered. He just whoop, sucks him back into his head and holds the rest of his turn until he has a better idea. Okay. Uh, it's the Polong's turn, and uh, he didn't appreciate... Uh, getting smacked by Rogyar, so he's actually going to uh, to go after Rogyar. <laughs> he can't uh, which is, that far. Which is going to provoke from Vipira and Uhtred. I wouldn't uh, think I would be taking that attack because I'd be like head down in the right. water. Yeah, that's that was kind of what I was thinking too, so yeah, Vipira, go ahead. 
And I think you're still invisible, so you got that much going. Although, Vipira, are your claws considered magical? Nope. I don't think they are. Okay. Oh, she yeah. has a magical dagger, I think. Yeah. Like, you'd have to use the dagger to damage this thing. Do I really? Yeah. Yeah. Incorporeal creatures, uh, they take half damage. They take full damage from ghost touch, half damage from magical attacks, and no damage from mundane attacks. I mean, in that case, I don't really think... Uh, would I have known that beforehand, like, uh, yeah, on the you, way over here? Oh, okay. I mean, you so guys then, fought incorporeal creatures all the time. Got it. So, so then Vipira would have had her dagger ready to go out, and uh, a 25 to hit. 25 hits. For four piercing and slashing magical, and then 17 sneak attack. Cool. So that's uh, 21 damage. And then a minus two to attack. All right, cool. Now, I assume this thing is flying? Yes. Okay. All right, uh, you could even say that it's charging. Ooh, uh, well, that's a 14 to hit Rogiar's touch AC. That's a miss. Nice. <laughs> Holy fuck. So uh, as it charges Rogiar, I realize that I have to do something, and uh, I'm going to use my action to cast calm spirit but i'm gonna do it in such a way with rp that it's like whoa 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 not my friends and then i just sort of emit this magical uh unbeknownst energy all right all right so now it's a spell like ability so the default calculation for the save dc is 10 plus a spell level plus your charisma modifier uh, um but okay i've always it's always bothered me that that is the case even if like it's from like like a class that's example. not charisma based right so it's like what a waste of a spell like ability so i'm pretty sure i'm just going to make it a house rule where if you have a spell like ability that comes directly from your class and your class is a casting class uh you would default to whatever your class's uh casting stat is so the saving throw is going to be 10, it's going to be, uh, it's a second level spiritualist spell, so it's going to be 12 plus Randolph's wisdom modifier. So I got to make a will save. Uh, yep. And what's uh, what's our DC? Uh, what's Randolph's wisdom modifier? My wisdom modifier is a three. Okay, so it's DC 15 will. It's the uh, 23. Uh, okay. To yeah. resist. Uh-huh. So you try to calm and it kind of like shakes its head real quick and it fights off the uh, the compulsion. <laughs> All right. Well, in role-playing land, this uh, this really spooks Randolph. <laughs> no, 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 not my friends. Calm down, spirit. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> okay, uh, it is now Rogiar's turn. Uh, Rogiar is a little freaked out after barely dodging this thing's touch, so it's going. So Rogiar is going to five foot float diagonally back towards the stairs, and then he's going to gather power to empower an air blast with a pushing infusion. Nice. Ooh, that's cool. It's a nineteen to hit. Nineteen will hit. Oh shit! Uh, so that is. Uh, it's 46 damage so 23 after incorporeal shit okay and it's a 14 against its CMD to push it back 
A 14 does not push it back. Yeah. Okay, Vipira. Um, Vipira is going to... Oh, I'm going to take out the beat of Bless. I'm going to act like I'm helping. <laughs> okay. And then I'm going to use it. Okay. Uh, so that's everybody within 30 feet of you. I mean, you could take a five-foot step, but I don't know if that'll add anybody. The five-foot step would give it to Yando, but Rogiar, because of the, the height difference, would still be out of range. Yeah, I'm just going to do the five-foot step then and uh, just uh, do the bead. That's fine. Give Yando the help because he'll go before this thing and hopefully he can take it down. Because I done went and pissed it off. <laughs> All right, so every, uh, that's uh, Uhtred, Vipira, Randolph, and Yando have all received benefits of Bless. Uh, wait, Vipira's got a roll. Use magic device. Yeah, DC 20, I believe. Please let me be helpful. Please let me be helpful. And Vipira kills it with a natural 26. (laughs) (laughs) You heard her. Vipira destroys the bead of bless. (laughs) Vipira, not one to be holy at all. I have no idea how this fucking thing works, but let's do it. (laughs) everyone feels pretty good about that okay uh up next is yando yando's gonna five foot step to the east uh and he's going to spend a move action to re-up his favorite enemy boon and then vital strike the polong that's a natural 20 come on yando come on yando he is the man that's gonna confirm exactly Oh, all right. Oh, oh, the plus one. (laughs) Okay. This is called Nailed in Place. Double damage, so times three with the bow, and the target cannot move. And it's a DC 20 strength check to negate the non... to negate the pin. I'm going to say that as an incorporeal creature, it's... that's not going to do anything. Uh, Okay, so let's see. And this is a vital strike as well. Oh, well, that's a lot of damage. Okay, so Yando lets this arrow fly, and it deals 45 damage times three vital strike crit that wow. halves to 22. Yep. Destroying the Polong. <laughs> All right. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, oh. Thanks, Yando. Good shot. Thank you. You Bye. all right, Rogia? Rogier, like, gives himself a once-over, like, pats himself down, like, yeah, I, I think it missed. Oh, good. Uh, good thing no one got hurt in that combat. Oh, Thalias! Yeah, what happened to Thalias? He just got, like, eviscerated, and then he disappeared. Yeah, he's, uh, he's fine. I'm not fine. Yeah, he, he's fine. He'll make it. I'm not gonna make it. Heal me. <laughs> <laughs> so I get that cool, uh, smoky thing, right? But I used it today. I mean, you can use it at like it's good for three it, three uses it was good yeah. for three uses ever you used it once and yeah you can just keep using it if you want but also uh, like uh, it two charges off i will yeah. say it it depends too because if you want you could just like resummon thalias and have rogiar patch him up with my kinetic healing before we rest for the night and then he'll heal oh, that oh yeah he'll heal yeah, that yeah, non-lethal yeah. overnight uh, i like that do you want to do that now or before we go to bed or I don't know what our plan is, but I like I mean, that plan. That's up to you. If you wanna if you wanna pluck him back out, I can at least heal him up 
you know, patch him up so that he can keep going. All right. I pop out the lies to check on him and uh, see what he looks like. Right. It takes me like a minute, though, I think. All right. Well, while you're doing that, Rogar is going to uh, fly over to the pool and or the fountain and he's going to use his basic hydrokinesis to start just pulling the water out of the fountain. Yeah. Well, so, okay. hold on. Did I find the thing in the fountain before Rogar came over there? I'm so, trying to help. So, Still all my, my glory here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm trying to help. I'm going to roll a d4, ignore the 4, and on a 1, you find it on your following turn. That would have happened right after Yando. I got a 2. So you've now searched half the fountain, still haven't found anything. That's when Rogyar would come over. And is there and anything he, yeah. in there once he pulls the water out? Yeah. Um, after uh, pulling some of the water out, and meanwhile, like the 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 fountain, it's just kind of coming perpetually out of the statue of uh, Saren Ray, um, and it doesn't seem to be like cycling. It seems like uh, it's it, pulling it, all- it from somewhere. Yeah, like whether it's a magical effect or it's coming from like some other like uh like reserve of water. Uh emptying the fountain is not like removing the statue from its source of water. But yeah. So, so now we just got more water on our hands. <laughs> so the rogue guy is just slowly flooding this uh this room. <laughs> uh uh but yeah, you do eventually find a uh yeah, you do eventually find a, a bottle. Uh, in there, it's, it looks like a just a an otherwise normal looking, like maybe maybe it once was a wine bottle or something. And do we know enough on the knowledge check, like if that thing actually just die, or you have if if it like regenerates, you have no idea. The only thing that you know for sure is that they they're bound to to a bottle in some way, and also. They deal con damage when they attack you. All right. Well, I'm going to hold on to the bottle. All right. Hopefully nothing bad will come from this. Yeah, we'll see. All right. So what do you guys do? You've got a you've got a single door on, in like the northern corner of the room. And then you've got uh, staircases on the east and west sides of the room that lead up. I look at Uhtred. I assume Uhtred know, would know the stairs go up to uh we like last week we like established that the room where you would probably like hold up in and be controlling everything would be upstairs yeah i mean utrid utrid doesn't really have like a map of this place in his mind or anything like he like most of the time he spent here is in like the cathedral like k2 like maybe once or twice he's he's gone elsewhere so he would remember that there are stairs on the northern end of the building uh, that lead up, which you are uh, currently looking at. And you know that upstairs there are um, like living quarters and uh, like like a library, like just other like there's like the like the high priest's office is up there. Uh, but you you're not yeah. really confident that you could like draw a map I, of the place. I think Uhtred's goal would be. He, I think he would think. If I was controlling a force that was stationed here, I would go to the high priest's office to make my, like, command center, quote-unquote. Okay. So uh, that would be his intent since we left K2 is to get to that office. So if those stairs, if he knows it's upstairs and these go upstairs, he's going to go up the stairs. Okay. So before you uh, start doing that, though, um, I think 
there was like something about like heals or something. Yeah, Rogar is uh, yeah, going to yeah, do yeah. some kinetic healing on uh, Phantom Thalias here. And uh, while this is going on, uh, I'm talking to Thalias and making sure he knows that I had his back. I like, oh, I was right after you, and then <laughs> I just, you know, took a bad step or so. I don't know, but. Whew. So the first one heals Phantom Thalias for 21, and he takes seven non-lethal. Uh, does he need another? Nope. That's super good. All right. Rogar, how thoroughly did you empty the fountain of water when you were doing it? Did you just kind of like, all right, hold on, like, and you just fully emptied the fountain, oh, and then like it slowly filled back up, or did you just kind of like pointedly like start looking for that bottle, and as soon as you found it, you stopped? Let me pull up my basic hydrokinesis before I answer that. Okay. Oh, okay. So yeah, there's actually not that much I can do with basic hydrokinesis. I can I can create water as the spell. I can purify it as if you using purify food and drink, and I can dry wet creatures and objects as if using prestidigitation. So I would do that to Uhtred once he got out of the fountain. Um, and it says while you cannot lift water into the air using this ability, you can create currents in a body of water by concentrating. So this oh. would be something like I would kind of like maybe try and like shove the water down in certain spots so he could look there. I guess I wouldn't. I wasn't actually emptying the the fountain. Okay. Anybody have any other anything else mm. they wanted to do, or are we moving on? Nope. I'm just following Utrid. Yep. Okay. Utrid's going up the uh, the western staircase. Yep. Okay. So you guys go up the stairs, and it curves from uh, from going west to going south by the time you get to the top and you're in a five foot wide hallway that goes south about like 50, 60 feet. And you can see that there is an intersection about halfway down that would go west. And then when you get to the very end, it turns to the west. All is quiet. What do you do? I go down the hallway to the first break off to the west. Okay. I follow like a good balloon. I also follow, but not like a balloon. You move south until you get to that first intersection, and then you look west. You can see that four hallways intersect in the middle. After uh, the, the So the hallway is about 10 feet wide, and it just goes all the way west. You can see that there's kind of like a, a clearing in the middle, uh, and it looks like there's a north and south hallway that intersect somewhere there, but it's pretty far down. You can't really see that far yet. Um, a three-foot-high square marble pillar stands in the center of this intersection, and a sickly green gem the size of a human fist sits on top of it, and a black mist swirls within the gem. So I just imagine that um, the, the hallway is like otherwise dark. You guys can see because of uh, Uhtred's dancing lights, but those extend... Like, I think you can get dim light like maybe 30 feet away from you unless the, the you know you, you send the lights forward which Uhtred can pretty easily but when you first round this corner it's like you've got like 15 feet of normal light and then 15 feet of dark light and then there's just like a stretch of darkness and then beyond that stretch of darkness you just see this eerily green glow of this gem sitting on this pedestal and like prior to the flash of green going off and everyone being dead and the town wrecked, this was 
abandoned, right? Like there there wasn't people weren't using it. There wasn't anything in here. Not to your knowledge. Utra has to assume that anytime we encounter anything in here, it's got to be of like what they brought in. That sounds like a safe assumption. Now this uh the dark smoke within Could you say it looks similar to, like, a swirling yellow cloud around an unnamed town? Well, you're still pretty far, pretty far from this thing. I'll I'll Uh, move down the hallway. Yeah, yeah. I'll move down the hallway to position myself closer where Uchi would make such a question. Rogar follows. Uh, I question us moving forward here, but I'm going to just take it up with Elias and argue with him. So you, you, you move west down the hall. And uh, as you as you get closer, the ceiling uh, above this uh, this central uh, intersection starts to it looks like it's like dripping this like green goo. And the next moment, a creature descends down from the ceiling. Still arguing with Elias, I say, I, I knew this was a bad idea. Look at that. Look at that. I told you. No, I told you. A creature kind of just oozes through the ceiling, a ghost-like creature reeking of the grave, and it drips with a a putrescent goo, and uh, it's just like rambling. It's it's speaking so quickly, uh, you're you're not really even like catching everything that it's saying. Every every so often, you you seem to like catch something where it's like talking about you. Like you as a, like a group, you might you might get like 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 mumble mumble mumble, dwarf, a phantom, a scythian, a man, and, and so yeah, like it's just it's it's chattering so quickly, it's 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 kind of disorienting, uh, but then it it kind of like snaps its head and it turns at you, and it's about to charge. Everybody roll initiative. Okay, uh, Uhtred. 28. Oh, shit. Randolph. Uh, 17. Uh, Rogiar. 20. And Vipira. 23. The question is, can we kill this guy before it gets to go? Answer, no, because it's going first. <laughs> oh, wow. What? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I got my own natural 20. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but before it goes... Uh, Let's get some uh, knowledge religion checks. Okay. Aha. I'm with it. Nine. That was so close to being a 19. 18, baby. That's how you do it. Okay, so I heard Randolph got an 18. Did anybody get 18 or better? (laughs) Nope. Okay. So, once again, Randolph is the only one to identify this creature as a festering spirit. Festering spirits arise when a vile person's corpse is put in a mass grave or when such a person is buried, exhumed, and placed in a carnal house or ossuary. The lingering hatred and evil of the dead mixes with the worst remnants of dozens of other people, creating a frustrated, incorporeal shade of sickness, hate, and rot. You can ask one question about a festering spirit. Resistances, or DR, some sort of defensive thing. Okay. Well, it's an incorporeal creature, again. Um, And you know that it has channel resistance, so it gets a plus two bonus on will saves versus channel positive energy. And you're not aware of any other unique uh, defenses it has other than its undead traits. 
Alright, so while I'm getting the load out of this guy, um, I asked Elias if he knows him. <laughs> Friend of yours? Yeah. <laughs> Elias says, hell no. Okay, good. Because we're going to kill him. Me and you. Okay, so it is this creature's turn. I think for now he's just going to charge on Uhtred. And that's going to be a 21 versus Uhtred's touch AC. Okay, so that's a hit. Mirrors. Mirrors. Uh, so it's been between Uhtred searching that room and then like healing up after and checking the foul and everything. I'm going to say it's been like two minutes since that combat ended. So yeah, those mirrors would still be active. Uh, so you got what, three left? Yes, because one, okay. one got destroyed. All right, so I'm gonna roll a d4. Now one is Uhtred. That's a three. Okay, so up next is Uhtred. Now, as we're going through this place, like Uhtred's got his scimitar out. He's anticipating yeah. fights, so would you say he still has charges from that chill touch? No, because any held charges are dismissed if you cast another spell. Somebody pointed that out to us, I think, on our Discord server. Really? Yeah. 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 So every so every time you're detecting magic, if you have any held charges from like Chill Touch or anything, uh, those go away. Oh, that's interesting. I wish I had known that. Yeah, I I kind of forgot about it until just this moment. But yeah, that's the that is the case. Alright, um I'm going to use an arcana point I guess I'm going to give my scimitar the flaming property and hope it doesn't have fire resist okay and then I'm going to take a swing at it with my scimitar okay Uh, it's a 14 to hit 14 does not hit alrighty and I'm going to take a 5 foot step Uh, I don't like that we're all crammed in here I'm going to take a five-foot step forward so I'm lined up parallel, like right in the line with this spirit. Okay. And then I'll end my turn. Okay. Up next is Vipira. Vipira is going to hold her uh, is going to hold her turn uh, until she finds a better flanking position. Okay. Rogyar. Alright. Rogyar is uh, going to five-foot float backwards. Make sure he's got that line of people between him and this creature. And he's going to gather power to empower an air blast. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not going to do a pushing infusion. Just going to shoot it. Ugh, I don't think a 14 is going to do it. 14 does not do it. Up next is Randolph with his shitty 18 initiative or whatever it was. 17, can you believe 17, it? 17, even worse. Duh, and and right. it was still better than uh, Yando's. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yando got a 10, but I didn't say Yeah, we, we don't talk <laughs> shit about Yando. Yeah. <laughs> Yando's our special boy. Um, so I currently don't have Yando favorite enemy, right? Correct. Okay. I am going to tell Thelias that, all right, this time for sure, you know, <laughs> we got this. I'm going to have Thelias go over here, all right, and I'll... Yeah, well, he's good for it. Okay. Oh, a natural 19. So that's definitely going to hit. Thelias is going to take three points of constitution damage. What the fuck? 
And uh, give me a fortitude save. On Thalias? Yeah. As this creature uh, swings out with its with its arms, and as its as its arm passes through Thalias, it leaves this this coating of gross, nauseating slime. Uh, Eighteen. Okay. Uh, Thalias shakes off uh, whatever ill effect the slime had in store for it, but the slime is still there, just like like Slimer slime. Yeah. Like, just picture okay. that. Yeah, that's great. He's got great. some ecto-cooler all over himself. Okay, so let's see. I'm going to move up as well, and hopefully he can only take one attack of opportunity and he used it on Thalias. Well, uh, your movement didn't provoke, so. Oh, it didn't? About it. No. Oh, perfect. And we are both going to attack. All right. With our friggin' outflank. Oh, no. What did I do? I rolled a, a one? Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, roll to confirm. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I fucked that up. Ignore that second roll because I'm going to re-roll the one with my ability. Nice. With your luck? luck. Yes. So is that 13 you got the re-roll? Um, I wasn't planning on it, but I did roll it again. So yeah, sure. That'll be my re-roll. All right. But that so re-roll gets the wait, 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 wait. bonuses and stuff. Yes. Yes. It's... uh. So it's an 18 with outflank and bless. Damn, really? Uh, yep. Outflank's uh, four and bless is one. So that's gonna hit. Fuck yeah. So that and that's coming from your uh, what is it? It's your defiant luck feat. Yeah. I also have inexplicable luck and bestow luck, but right. that one specifically is defiant luck. Yeah. So that's. I think you can do it twice per day uh, from the inexplicable luck. Or yep. Bestow. I don't know. Yeah, it's normally once per day, but you can do it twice per day with another feat. Reroll yep. a natural one that you make or make a critical hit confirmed against you have yep. to reroll. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. it's super cool. Randolph's right. this lucky maniac. <laughs> that's like, that's cool well, yeah, you've you been playing him very to T. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just turn this natural one into actually it's a hit. So that's awesome. Yeah. So that's a 10 for me. Okay. And Thalias is going to slap a 22. 22 is going to hit. For four damage. All right. Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, now it's Yando's turn. Vipira is actually going to uh, take her uh, turn now. Okay. Vipira is going to uh, move to behind Thalias. So uh, just east of Thalias. You should try to get into a flanking position. Are you going to roll acrobatics to try not to provoke, or are you going to... She's invisible. Uh, I'm invisible. invisible. Right, okay. So, yeah, Vipir's going to lie in wait until until she gets that flanking position. Um, Hold on, everybody. I need everybody to give me a fortitude save. Uh, cause did I mention that this thing is super stinky? You did not. Oh, you kind of did. You said it was stinky, not super stinky. It's Which su- one is it? It's super stinky. Like nauseatingly stinky. Yeah. Oh, it's a 26 for Rokiar. Okay. Oh, 28 from, uh, Randolph and Dirty T pops an 18. Damn. Uh, 26 for Uhtred. Okay. I'm going to say 17 for Vipira. Wow. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you guys all fight Ooh. through that stench. 
I was so close to spending a hero point on that because <laughs> I did not know. Oh. You got to figure places like the Boneyard, the Dead Roads, they probably don't smell that great. <laughs> We're used to this shit. <laughs> totally. All right. Um, I'm sorry, Tom. Did, did you have the Viper? Was, was she like holding an action or something? No, no, she's not. Okay. Uh, then up next is Yando. And he's going to spend a move action and share his favorite enemy bonus with everybody. Woo! And then he's going to five foot step uh, towards the action and he's gonna vital strike with deadly aim. Ooh, natural five. That still hits. (laughs) Favorite Uh, enemy. Favorite enemy is so good. Yeah, the fact that you guys didn't just make four rangers with favorite enemy undead you're so fucking stupid <laughs> dude we could have made a cool name too like the like power rangers or something it would have been fucking awesome <laughs> alright and it is the festering spirits turn again and it's going to it's going to look around at the fact that it's uh, surrounded and it's just going to kind of like spin around a couple times and then it's just gonna it's like stop on a dime, and it's going to charge thirty feet to the east. Um, is this like a like a spell like ability that it has? So it is. It has a special trample attack. Okay. Uh, that answers it's my basically. Question. It's basically attempting to overrun any creature that is uh, in its space uh, in the path of its trample um, um, just just out of theory would would it not knowing that Vipera is there change that tactic at all I mean it because Rogyar is up in the air so it's not gonna it's gonna get a straight line no, uh, it's only gonna get one person no matter where it goes but fair enough I'm gonna so I'm gonna roll a d4 one and two it goes east three and four it goes west I got a three, so yeah, it's going to go west. As the dice command. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's see here. So I do kind of regret saying something now. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Targets of a trample take an amount of damage equal to blah, blah, blah. Targets of a trample can make an attack of opportunity, but at a minus four penalty. Uh, you can instead for- choose to forego an attack of opportunity, uh, and allow yourself to make a reflex save to take half damage from the trample. Uh, so that basically just applies to Randolph. Um, meanwhile, mm. Thalias and Uhtred do both get attacks of opportunity versus uh, the Festering Spirit's movement. So let's do them first. And it's like, it flies? Yeah, this thing is... Okay. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's like level with everybody who's standing on the ground but it is clearly like like zooming through the air it's gonna be a 14 once i click on favorite enemy okay 14 does not hit did you say it was randolph or the lies that got the attack of opportunity teabag didn't he fly over randolph randolph yeah well randolph has the option to either take an attack of opportunity at a minus four penalty or do a reflex save to take half damage from whatever this thing's doing. Yeah. I gotcha. But okay. meanwhile, mm-hmm. its movement still provokes from Thalias. Well, Thalias is not happy, and uh, he's going to do a 27 
for 12, baby. Damn. Slow and steady. He's like my magic missile. My pocket <laughs> missile. Well, pocket missile sounds like something else. <laughs> He's your red rocket. I mean. <laughs> okay, so. Thelias, uh, old, old, old teabag Thelias uh, gets him pretty good with his shovel slam. What is Randolph going to do? Yeah, he's going to mitigate damage. <laughs> if, he, if he's getting attacked, he's uh, he's not going to just take it. Okay, so he's going to make a reflex save? Hell yeah. Okay. Oh, did you want one? Uh, <laughs> yes, please. Right, I see. He doesn't just um, make it because he said it. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. I kind of want to use my plus eight on this. Yeah? Did I, I didn't use it yet, right? Not today. Yeah, not your once daily, no. Uh, I'm gonna use it. My reflex is really bad, and I, I'm afraid of this thing. Okay. Nice. God damn it. Uh, 32. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, Randolph does like the this thing's coming right at him, and Randolph like jumps in the air and does like a split, and the thing goes right <laughs> right under his legs. God damn it. Why'd you have to make it so cool? Because <laughs> you got a 30 something. <laughs> okay. Uh, so yeah, nothing. Nothing bad happens. This thing just kind of shoots shoots west. Randolph totally avoids it, and it goes right under Rogyar as well. Uh, and it's now Uhtred's turn. Pretty far away now. It sure is. Hey, I'm gonna Uhtred's gonna move up to right under Rogyar. Okay. And take a swing. All right. That's gonna be a 22. 22 hits. That's gonna be five damage from the scimitar. And then for the fire damage from the flaming, it was six fire damage. All right, flaming sword through the festering spirit. Definitely took damage from it. Rogyar. Okay, Rogyar is going to five foot float away from this creature. And once again, gather power to empower. Uh, yeah, we're going to keep going with the air blast. Because I just... I have a sinking feeling that the thing, this thing's touch AC is probably still pretty good, so I'll go with the one that hurts more. Makes sense. How about a 23 to hit? 23 hits. And let's see, 35 times one and a half, that adds 17. So that's that 52 damage. Oh my 52, goodness. so 26 yep. after being have. Okay. Wow, we definitely felt that. In fact... That was just enough to destroy it. Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) And we'll see you next week. All right. On the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. So many episodes not ending in a bad place. One more week. One more week. (laughs) See ya. See ya. See ya.